David Walker makes his weekly appearance to talk about the Hornets win last night against the Pacers, plus Michael Jordan selling the team. Potentially, we'll get his take on it coming up next. Locked on Hornets. You are locked on Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available anywhere you choose to pod. Make us your first listen every single weekday. I'm on. I'm Walker Mail. You can catch me on WFNZ from 12 to 3. Doug Branson has a sub stack. Every you can Hornets catch Pod me Store. outside. EveryHornetsPodStore.com. Yes, <laughs> I do remember that. Yes. You look exactly like her, Doug. It's uncanny. And there is David Walker. The Raja of Restock, like Man. that one too. I mm-hmm. forget what yep. one you had last week, but the Raja of Restock is also strong. David Walker. the God of Gotham. That's right. Yeah, I got to start writing these down. These are excellent. I'm, I'm running out. I'm going to be I'm gonna be honest. Next week's might have to be a redo. The shoe guy. Yeah, David Walker, the shoe guy. That's who's joining us. Uh, he makes his weekly appearance. He also is going to be talking about what is, I imagine, a pretty tough subject to talk about for him with Michael Jordan. Him being a diehard fan of MJ and also a diehard fan of the Charlotte Hornets. So speaking about Michael Jordan's tenure as owner of the Charlotte Hornets, it might be difficult if he is going to be fair to the air that is MJ. When the news comes out, David, this is what we talked about a little bit. The feelings. We were venting. We were trying to discuss the feelings of fans watching this report come out from Woj just last week. When you saw Woj, who had the report that Michael could be selling majority stake in the team to Gay Plotkin and Rich Schnob, as we've to call them instead of Rich <laughs> Schnall. Mm-hmm. Rich Schnall. Those, yeah. To those guys, what were your feelings as soon as you saw the report? Yeah, just right off the bat, I mean, you know, disappointment from a from a aspect of being an MJ guy and an MJ fan because I always enjoyed having him be part of the organization, having him be part of the city of Charlotte, you know, having be, him being a, a major player kind of from that aspect of it. Um, I think you guys touched on it. it. It kind of felt like this was building, you know, for a while since we heard those rumors from various corners of the Internet or wherever that this would maybe be an eventuality. I think that I, I felt I, the, I felt good about him staying involved. You know, if all this plays out as they say it will, him staying mm-hmm. involved as a minority owner, I think it's something the NBA wants. I think it's probably something he wants. Um, and it's something I would want as a, as a Hornets fan as, and as a uh, MJ fan. Um, I, I will agree with, with Doug and some of the other takes out there that, look, you know, it may be best for all to have a different uh, track, have a different um, leadership in charge of making some of those decisions. And actually, Stephen A. Smith commented on this, and I think it made a lot of sense, just that MJ being MJ, it's just so different from anyone on, on the planet, right? And I think he's so protective of the people that surround him, that he puts around him, that mm-hmm. trust is paramount above anything else right above the the uh what goes well for the hornets even above what goes well for for him and i think that trust has sometimes hindered the hornets and the franchise from taking a step forward and he doesn't want to lose obviously he wants to be successful and perhaps taking a step back perhaps being a minority owner 
will allow that to be the case and and will be good for everyone. So, I mean, I think that's a big piece that that I didn't at first realize. It's just that, you know, he's so tight held, right? And and, and the people around him, whether it's Kupchak or whether it's his brother or whether it's, you know, his I don't roommate, think he has a huge circle. Buzz. Yeah, his roommate. Like, he brings those people in. And, and it may be best for all to widen that circle you know, take his hands off the wheel a little bit and move forward from that perspective. But, you know, I always wanted to be involved. So at first I was like, man, you know, I, you know, I don't want him to sell. I'm good. Do I need to go buy all of the Jordan apparel in the, in the team store right now? I don't need to, I don't think. I'm, I'm not sure. Last I, night. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure he's been that involved for a while though. I mean, that's the problem, right? It, it's not as if he's been like super hands-on with the organization for several years now. And then all of a sudden, you know, Papa's leaving. I, that's not what it feels like. This feels like somebody who's been checked out for a little while has some other priorities, including a race team. Like he brought, he well, bought, he bought thing. a racing team. He's more successful. He's yeah, he yeah, that team wins. That team's right. doing well, and they keep like running these weird promotional nights with the Hornets. And <laughs> like, it's like bringing your like more successful brother in and being like, look at this guy. He's great, right? But um, it's weird because he doesn't get near the fame, even if it is the Charlotte Hornets, because it's NASCAR. And mm -hmm. Michael Jordan wants to go out there, though, at the track way more than he wants to go to the Spectrum Center right now. Like, he's out there, and he's enjoying where, you know, 2311 as much as any. Go ahead, Doug. Well, he wants the success, but I'm not sure he necessarily wants the fame. And I think that's what uh, David was speaking to there with the oh. trust issue. The trust issue is that with the fame, I mean, go watch The Last Dance, how upset he was at the media you know when he retired uh, and the way he was being portrayed like there are serious trust issues and and serious issues that he has when the spotlight is trained solely on him and so you know ultimately i think we've talked about some of the positives that have that have come from having a, a unique owner situation and that it's not only a player a former player but it's the greatest former player and maybe greatest player ever okay and there's some good things. There's, you know, uh, there is, he hasn't necessarily been able to attract like super top talent uh, with his name alone. But when players get here, they really appreciate the relationship that they can forge uh, with Michael and, and lean on him a little bit. So there are some unique advantages there. But I think the disadvantages of his personality ultimately outweighed that. Well, and, and as far as the Michael Jordan involved thing too, I feel like we need to condense this and figure out what Michael Jordan, what we wanted from him, because of course we want success. We can do the whole easy answer and make the joke at the same time. So much of what we criticized Michael for was being too involved. It was him being too involved in basketball matters, going after Terry Rozier, everybody destroyed him. Reports came out that he actually was the one a little bit as the driving force to go sign Terry. We know the Cody Zeller interest. We know the Frank Kaminsky interest. We know the Kimba Walker interest. When we discussed some of these guys that were good college basketball players, they eventually showed up in a Charlotte Hornet uniform. And then he started to check out where there was absolutely authority Mitch Kupchak had way more than what even Rich Cho had yeah. during his tenure. And it was because of that trust. Mitch Kupchak probably fit the best when it comes to ratio of trust to right. actual basketball prowess. And that's why I never minded Mitch Kupchak being the guy once he was named that hire. So now that Michael isn't as involved, all of this to me, every single basketball selection with Michael Jordan's input to some degree, right? But Mitch Kupchak has been the guy making the decisions for a little bit. And so the power, the spending of the money, 
Yeah. You know, Michael. That's what we has, wanted. We wanted more money spent. Here's the thing. So no, that's I, what you want from an owner is you want, hey, yeah. give me your money and go over here and let the basketball people make the basketball stuff. It's 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 totally unfair. And I'll give you a great analogy. Anyone that grew up with siblings, I, I think, had this experience in some way. For me, it was video game systems. I would always like get with my brother and be like, hey, listen, they're not going to get one of us this video game system. But if we pool our resources together, we can we can get the video game system for ourselves and then we'll share it. But you didn't really want to share it. What you wanted is to get your, in my case, my brother's money. And then I wanted to use the system at all times. Right. So right. there's a there was a there was a baked in unfairness. And the same thing uh, applies to fans relationships with with owners of the, the teams that they love. We want you to give us all your money. But. But we don't want you to say anything. Well, or no, no, use that's this. exactly yeah. what you want. That's what you want from any owner. You want, hey, give me all the money. We we want to be able to spend every single bit of it. It's why David Tepper is starting to change his reputation with Carolina yeah. because the dude is as rich as hell. I mean, rich as any owner in pro sports except for the one in Denver now. Rich now. And he's just saying, hey, here's your here's your money, and you spend it however you want. Get the coaching staff. You know, we'll we'll go after the the big players as much as possible. With you have cap rules there, money, please. But yeah, yeah. And it's I think ultimately, money. ultimately, that will be the big swing and the miss for MJ, or or maybe where he didn't deliver as much as folks would have liked. It's the big money spending on staff, right? That's what you can control as an owner. You can't always control who you draft. Yeah. You can't always control who you add. And like, I mean, a perfect trust, you know, example is bringing Clifford back in. I totally think that that was an easy move for them to make because they mm -hmm. had familiarity with each other. It made sense. They were a little bit in a rush. Things didn't work out with Atkinson. Well, because so Clifford, Clifford got fired and, ha and had nothing but great things to say about MJ, right? He got fired right. and didn't go to the press and be like, this organization still is a disaster. It. Yeah. Right. And what happened when Atkinson bailed? It was, well, he didn't like what was maybe he didn't like mm -hmm. what was going on with the organization. Maybe he didn't like what what you know what they were all about. So, you know, I don't think at the end of the day, MJ really cares um about all of the negatives that come out about him. I'm not sure that he pays attention to it overtly, like on Twitter or anything like that. But I do think that um he wanted to succeed. He still wants to succeed. And I think that level of inability to directly affect it i mean when he was a player mm -hmm. that was his whole thing he could just wear you down try harder than anyone else never you know give up bring every and that's how he brought everyone up with him you know whether you liked it or not and a lot of people did not like it mm -hmm. he made champions out of steve kerr will purdue scotty pippen phil jackson you know what i mean so like yeah he drugged those people and, and not that they didn't work hard but he can't put his hands on a team and do that as an right. owner like he could as a player. Well, so, David, you and I are parents. Walker's not going to completely understand this yet. Um, but we all have those moments. Even at, and, and, and my kid is still a baby, so I get to blame everything on, on her. She's still a baby, but still I've had these moments even early on in this experience where I go, oh, yeah, I'm, I, that's what my dad did or that's what my mom did. Right. And so we all sort of become our parents in, in the best ways and sometimes the worst ways. And I feel like MJ has become the owner that he always hated as a player in some ways. Well, like yeah. it wouldn't go out and get the thing that he needed to be successful. And I wonder if like part of this is he took a look in the mirror at some point and went, oh, wow. I have all of these other factors that I, that I didn't realize were a factor as a player have suddenly become a factor in my life. And I don't like what this has all become. Gabe, uh, you, you handle the money now. Yeah. Well, and 
well, yeah, no, I don't understand any of that. Thank you. Um, but <laughs> when we're talking about Michael just caring about the negative stuff, he does to go and tie this all back together about how important trust is. He does really care about the opinions of the people that he trusts. Yeah. And I go to the Charles Barkley disconnect now where Charles, he criticizes Michael as an owner and they haven't spoken for years. And Charles has told that story right. over and over again, but he did criticize what he's done as an owner. And now they're just not speaking, not on speaking. Yeah. And to no. be fair, like when the Hornets were rolling and they got back into the playoffs with Larry Brown, I mean, I remember, you know, Charles and those guys being like, Hey, you know, they turned around, did a good job. So like, that's just Charles. And we know, you know, he's oh, yeah. going to be upfront and, and, and honest with it. But, you know, I think, you know, MJ was going to get criticized whenever this team did not win, which is a lot, which is a lot more than they want. You know, in the beginning, he got criticized for being on the court too much, you know, for being too involved down there on the bench, perhaps intimidating the refs or intimidating his own players. And then he gets criticized for maybe not being there enough. So, like, th there was always going to be a balance there where if the team wasn't winning and they weren't in the playoffs and, and challenging for things, there was going to be some some criticism as you know and that's just sports that's just how it is if, if the winning's not coming everyone's gonna be pointing the finger and a lot of time it goes right to the top so um i think the days are long gone when he could go down and practice with the team doug as you were in, um re remembering last week um from a physical standpoint but even maybe from a being involved standpoint to your point you know it's just that desire um has, has perhaps faded over time and like guys he has tried I mean, Rich Cho was not a Michael Jordan inner, inner circle guy. Um, you know, I, I think he's tried to do things different ways. He's paid players, <laughs> the wrong players, uh, perhaps <laughs> at times. Uh, but he has stroked some checks, you know. Um, and so I, I think he's he's tried to do it uh, a couple of different ways and just has had trouble figuring out the best way to impact it from the owner's seat. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more. I, I want to continue this, and then we can move on. Coming up next on Locked on Hornets. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We'll give some finishing thoughts on Michael Jordan and the reports that are out that he could sell a majority stake in the team, and then we'll move on to some of the players that we've been watching in the NCAA tournament. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA season is almost over, but you can still get in, and new customers will get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets, and that's bonus bets back if your bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout for the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. A couple more segments to go. Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. To start this off, we all know about LeBron and how he built a school and it got a lot of fanfare. By the time 2019 closes, Bismack Biombo is planning to have six schools. Take that, LeBron. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
David Walker making his weekly appearance. We appreciate it. Still talking about the Michael Jordan possibility of him selling a majority stake in the team. And just kind of, you know, wrapping the the Michael Jordan conversation up. I know you were discussing how he had spent money, but it wasn't necessarily on the staff. And it'll be interesting to see as he hands the reins over to what, what the power structure is going to be. Is there, you know, Mitch Kupchak, I would have to imagine he's gone. Because we thought Mitch Kupchak, was going to be gone even last year. Remember, there was a report from Jake Fisher. We went fishing, and Jake told us that Mitch Kupchak might be gone. Do you want to do it real quickly? Do you want to throw your line in the water? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, we got a big one. Yeah, we did. We had one with Mitch Kupchak possibly leaving, and so you think he's gone. But then even Buzz Peterson, who every time you hear a big decision made within that organization – Buzz is always mentioned after and even mm-hmm. before Mitch sometimes it's hilarious. There's there's been a couple of times where where Buzz is the guy that is mentioned first and even Fred Whitfield, who has been with that team for a while. Michael Jordan's friend for a long time authority figure there. So we'll see what Gabe Plotkin, what Rich Schnob decide to do. I can't I can't call him anything else. It's going to be Rich Schnob. Um, all right. Do you want to go to uh, some of the tourney prospects in this tournament, Doug? Uh, the the NBA draft prospects. I should I'd, say. I'd love to. I'd love to. There haven't uh, the players that are in line to be sort of the three through, I don't know, seven or eight pick that the, the Hornets could fall to. Uh, they haven't really played very well. I mean, Brandon <laughs> Miller didn't didn't have uh, a stellar game in either of his games. Uh, he had zero points against the 16 seed. That's zero. Wild. A goose egg, which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Nick Smith Jr. Uh, had single digit minutes, or or maybe in the teens um, in that second game in that upset. Uh, so that's wild to me too. Uh, Keontae George, I thought shriveled up a little bit uh, in the games that he played. Baylor's out of the tournament now. So I don't know. I, my wish is coming true so far that that no one right. is going to really stand out in this tournament and trick this organization into thinking that, you know, that means that they're going to be an automatic star. Well, Timmy's still playing, right? He's, what, 26 years old at Gonzaga. <laughs> and so, I mean, that seems like... Oh, he's coming that's... back. Believe it, he, <laughs> believe it or not, he has another year of eligibility. COVID year. And he will surpass Perry Ellis as the college basketball player to stick with their program longer than anyone. It's going to be nuts because he's going to come back. I I don't know if he will, but if he does, it'll be absolutely crazy. But yeah, Keontae George, that was the kind of that was the player, Doug, you had talked about. Didn't you name your bracket about Keontae George? Fava beans and uh, nice Keontae. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was not very nice whatsoever. That thing had passed because I think it was like what was he one of 10 from the field? It was some, it was a bad shooting day for him. And it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, stay away from him as far as possible, but you're right. None of these guys have, have really taken the moment and shined like Cade Cunningham did when he was always going to be the number one overall pick, but Cade had an awesome run in the tourney. And we've seen that a couple of times before, and it's just, it's not happening right now from, from many of the players I can think. Yes. So Keontae had 25 minutes in each of these games in the first game against us, uh, UCSB. He was two of nine from the field, one of seven from three for nine points, uh, three rebounds, one assist against Creighton. When all Baylor needed to do was hit like three or four three pointers and they would have won that game. (laughs) Like it was just, it was, that game was amazing to me. He was one of 10, 0 for three from three. And yeah, it was just, and I thought, what, what is, I think a little bit worrying 
is that he was all he also played kind of small in the conference tournament. <laughs> so it's like, at what point mm. do we see Keontae? And this is the problem, right, with these guys uh, being one and done, is that you really only get this one opportunity, your conference tournament and then the NCAA tournament, or if your team is not good enough, like G.G. Jackson and um, oh, Cam Whitmore, although yeah. I don't know if Whitmore's a, a freshman. But um, you, you don't even get the NCAA opportunity. So it really all is about uh, the mystery behind, you know, okay, we know we've seen some of what he can do and we really project out into the future. That's what makes all this stuff so difficult. I would say Cam Whitmore is probably the winner of this tournament so far because he hasn't had to play. It's the car that sits on the lot, and as soon as it leaves the lot, it loses some value. Well, right now, Whitmore is still on the lot. I can see him moving up this draft board. Yeah, David, what have been your thoughts on the uh, NCAA tournament as far as NBA uh, prospects or whatever your thoughts are on some of the players you've seen? Yeah, I mean, my first thought was I'm just glad Carolina did not make it. I mean, it was a it's a bad <laughs> year to be in it. Uh, it's just, they're better off, you know. All well, I don't know. It, it would have been down. a great year to get in as like a 15 or a 14 seed, right? Perhaps so. Perhaps so. Yeah, that, that's that's right, Doug. Uh, I mean, well, the Doug, you mentioned Gigi Jackson. I don't know what you do with a guy like that because I think there's a lot of tape that's not so great on him out there. Obviously, mm-hmm. he has some some kind of local ties here. Uh, feels like he may be kind of in between wherever the Hornets are picking, maybe like midway first round. But I certainly would have liked to have seen him on a, on a big stage. I uh, didn't see much from him this year. The Brandon Miller one is weird uh, because, I mean, I had him, and I think most people do have him slotted in that three spot, maybe creeping up to two. Um, you know, the funny thing with this tournament, though, is, guys, he could have a, a an insane – you know, weekend next week and and be right back into the right. conversation. I think so. We're not out of the. Uh, that's what I'm saying. We're not out of the danger right. zone yet. You know, I mean, Brandon, looked, Brandon Miller could have a fire Final Four. Yeah. Although, again, I don't think that that's the one player where I, I guess I'm not super worried about it because if they end up with Brandon, I'm, the only thing I'm worried about mm-hmm. is that they end up at two, and then and use then a fire Final silly. Four to take him over Scoot. Well, and, and at yeah. least Brandon yeah. Miller did get to the foul line. You know, it's one of those things where even if the shot's not falling for you, you still got to the foul line. You still ended up with 19 points. You still contributed in, in somewhat of a big way, even though yeah, the efficiency the wasn't I mean, there. You know. So, you know, Brandon Miller going against Maryland, that that wasn't bad. The only other one I'll say, we, I know we've talked about Jairus Walker a little bit as a possibility. Mm-hmm. 16 points, but against a 16 seed. And then he was three of eight in the next round. But the one thing about Walker is that he's not the guy that's going to lead that team in scoring. He is the no. least flashy of the guys we're talking about. Keontae George, a good player on maybe outside Gonzaga, the best college offense in all of the sport, right? So Keontae George, Brandon Miller, Nick Smith, Anthony Black, their game. It's crazy that they're in the Sweet 16 and neither one of them are, are have been awesome so far. Um, but with Jairus Walker, I didn't watch his defense. I, I didn't go back and Six grind on blocks. the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so Jairus Walker might be the guy that is the closest to reaching what we had hoped to see from him as far as the first two tournament games go. Yeah, I mean it's uh, there's a lot of basketball to be played, guys. I mean Chris Murray was another guy I mentioned. He you know pretty much flamed out. Um, who's the point guard? Is the K State point guard? I guess he's maybe been the. Uh, is that who I'm thinking of? That's been. He's had a good run over the. Over well, the yeah, he's a, yes. Uh, I think Noel, but yes, Noel. he was awesome in that game against Kansas, which which might have been the most fun 
wire to wire contest in all of the tournament but yeah no look alleys at the end of first yeah. halves i mean it was freaking ridiculous what he was doing i don't know where he's supposed to go but i know he rose up draft boards for sure that was a lot yeah of no not at all but just thinking of someone who probably had a great uh you know first weekend there he's he's got to be up there so man forget forget noel give me john l give me this john l davis i, I thought for sure for a while it was john L as L. the middle initial Davis, but no, just all first name John L. Davis. This guy from Florida Atlantic University, just just full of fire. I love well, this guy. Well, and plus, you know, drops an expletive during the interview, and so if we can <laughs> get John good. L. Davis and yep. Terry Rozier on the same team, well, then he, you just. I'm so glad you brought that name because when I watch John L. play. It gives me a little bit of Rozier vibes. When I hear him talk, I get Rozier vibes, especially <laughs> when he's being interviewed. So both of them on the same team. It's fire. It's gonna, yeah, hot mic. Just remember, both of you <laughs> in the backcourt. Hot mic for sure. Last segment coming up. Let's go to it. Coming up next, Locked On Hornets. We're going to give you the tales from Spectrum Center. I was there. I was in a different seat than usual. David was there, and he was right behind the Charlotte Hornets bench. Doug was there in spirit. He said that he actually paid for popcorn, and so he feels like he is in Charlotte watching the Hornets at the Spectrum Center. We'll tell you all about it coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Is Locked on Hornets. Adam Silver had Ahmad Rashad up on stage, and he used his phone to, like, body scan Ahmad Rashad, and then they, like, inserted, a, like, a digital version of Ahmad Rashad into the highlight. And wow. so I'm looking at this and going, just fix my league pass. I don't want to be in a highlight. I would just like to actually watch the highlight without my application logging me out, freezing, dropping all of the time. Fix my league pass before you insert me in the game, please, and thank you. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Tales from Spectrum Center. We got to go to David first. The guy was right there. He was behind the Charlotte Hornets bench. And it's then, on TV. I could see him. It was like you and I were hanging out. So so you oh. sent a picture in the group chat, and you were right there. I was like, okay, David, it's like that. Fantastic. And I will say, just, just to go with some of the tales, sparse crowd last night, man. I mean, walking little light, up. A little light it, for a Monday. It's, it's a perfect <laughs> storm. Okay, I get it's Monday. I get it's Indiana. I get it's in the last 10 games That's of your favorite the regular team. season. Let me, I, I mean, I think it was the most sparse I've ever seen it. I, I mean, is that is that sparse. too crazy to say? At least for a while, at least during Hornets days. Is that yeah. too wild of a take, David? Have you seen it worse than that? Uh, oh, God, yes. I've definitely oh, seen yeah, it worse I've than seen that, it worse for than sure. That. <laughs> Not recently, though. Not I can't recently, rem- though. No, yeah. since Lamella, probably not. But I mean, the upper parts were were very sparse. You know, uh, there were not a lot of people up top, and no, it was pretty light, uh, even where we were. Um, and and shout out to our guy, friend of the show, the plug. You know who you are. Uh, thank you very much. Was kind enough to offer up some tickets to me. I took my oldest, my ten year old, best night of his life. That's a direct quote. Best night oh, of his life. Oh, that's a big um, moment. Um, also, a direct quote. I don't even care about the fourth pick or whatever. Now I want to win this game. So he was brought oh, back wow, into word. the fall by the end of the third quarter. Um, also, yeah, also but- direct quote. What did, uh, what did Clifford just call that referee? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's like, what's wrong with that man up there? Um, 
Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, a little bit to be expected, you know, Monday night, um, but, but no other basketball on, you know, the tourney's over. You thought maybe some people would have been, had the basketball Jones going, but that's all right. They, we got a good game Walker. I mean, down what 22, 21 early. wasn't looking great. No, no uh, it was, it looked like it was going to be awful. It looked yeah. like it was going to be really bad. They fouled miles Turner a million times. All he did was just kept cutting across the face of Nick Richards every single possession and then he'd get fouled and then he made nine of his free throw attempts all nine of them and 15 yeah. points in the first quarter but Hornets battle I thought Miles Turner was going to have at least 50 uh, I thought so too and I and if he disappeared he, I don't think he didn't I felt like he didn't play in a lot of the second half but um well I wonder too if Rick Carlisle yeah. I wonder if he wait wait, wait hold on, hold on. Pause, 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 pause 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 what Rick Carlisle you you kind of went. Why did the emphasis go on the end of Carlisle's name? Uh, Rick Carlisle. Uh, Rick Carlisle. Uh, it's Rick Carlisle. You said Rick Carlisle. <laughs> what is it? His name a question? I question why I do this pod with you. I do. <laughs> um, with Rick Carlisle, when he was over there on the sideline. I felt like he was trying to ease it up a little bit. Like it, it oh, seemed yes. like not, not necessarily. It, it did feel like he thought he had it in the bag and then he decided to, you know, he's like, all right, well, we'll just, we just won't play miles. That's Turner a big that accusation. Much. Cause they, they are in the hunt for a play in spot. So like it, that was a legit game for them. Well, and I'm not sure about the rotation patterns, but it just was a long time for miles Turner. And then maybe the Pacers yeah. thought they had it in the bag and then the Hornets just kept chipping away. And they were down a couple of people too, uh, or a few guys, that, you know, as are the Hornets. Uh, but man, when you get up close, I love sitting behind the bench there. I love seeing Clifford. You mentioned those early fouls in that first quarter. I, I don't, I wasn't, I didn't know if he was going to make it through the first quarter. Like every time the next person got two fouls, it, it was just crushing to him. And like, I love having Clifford on the sidelines. It's so awesome. He, he wears his basketball heart on his sleeve. He, he just wants guys to make the right play. It's, it's that freaking hard, guys, just to make the right basketball play. Give this man – let him breathe. You know what I'm saying? Let him breathe. He needs a rest. I mean, that that first yeah. quarter was a Clifford nightmare oh. because of, of the just sheer number of fouls that were being committed. I think, to me, the foul that probably sent him over the edge was the Nick Richards fouling behind the half-court line, the trying-to-reach-in foul – like that's just when you're but already in the bonus. The that was just yeah. automatic free throws. Uh, Nick Richards, by the way, we didn't talk a lot about him uh, in our recap episode because I think the big stories were Kelly Oubre scoring 28. The guards, I think, did help them get back into this game. But I thought Nick Richards, you mentioned that sort of nightmare first quarter he had defensively. But I thought he really did. He was one of the players that really did pick it up a little bit more in the second half. He did. Ended, yeah. ended up with a double-double and was – when he finally when he finally just settled down and got a little bit more organized, started talking on defense, and then on offense, really focused on cleaning up the glass. That's when things started to go well for Richards. It did yeah, when he had a career high in rebounds too in this game. I think seventeen is what he finished with, and that was a career high for him. So absolutely turned it up. Which is no small feat. I mean, even the Pacers down a few guys, they still have some long guys in there. They throw even without even behind Miles Turner, right? So they they hit the glass pretty pretty hard. Even a guy like Matherin, who is just kind of a specimen out there. Uh, By really the way, Matherin, Matherin, get out of here, Matt. Do you see him try to try to really take out Gordon Hayward at the end of that game? Like, get oh, out of here, man. Yeah, like yeah. Gordon Hay, I, I'm sure Gordon Hayward, like his life flashed oh, before his eyes. So he got there was a steal, got and got Gordon out on the break. 
and Matherin hits him from behind on the – look, he had no chance of making a play on that mm. and hits Gordon, and Gordon's like lands awkwardly on his leg. Yeah. And I'm sure like all that Boston stuff came flying – it certainly came flying back to my mind. I'm like, oh, are we about to get another Gordon Hayward injury? Thankfully nothing happened, but Matherin, get out of here, man. Come ben on. Matherin is a strong dude, and that is yeah. something that when, when you're closer to the court, you realize I did not know that he was that big, but that dude – does not need to hit the weight room like so many other rookies do. 90% of them do. Not Ben Matherin. That guy. I mean, even on a couple of the takes, he just he just pushed, I don't know, two different Hornets. It didn't matter yeah. if you were Nick Richards or if you were Gordon Hayward or whoever. He would just push you all the way back out of bounds. Yeah, he was he was impressive uh, watching him last night. Any other tales? What What is something that you did over here that you can tell us? sitting behind the Hornets bench. What is the Mark Williams jacket? Oh, Mark as cool Williams as jacket. Yeah, man, it. you got a close up look at that bad boy. That was, I yeah. think to me and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it, it looked, and I don't know if this was like a custom thing. I mean, it looked like an homage to some different Michael Jordan. It things. is. It's, it's a, I believe it's a Travis Scott, uh, Jordan brand jacket. So it's like a varsity oh. jacket, but I, I think Travis Scott put his spin on it. And so it's got a lot of the jump man. It's got several other patches and stuff. It, it does look good. I mean, and, and Mark Williams, you know, wears it well. So I'll, I'll see next time I'm down there. I'll see if maybe we can get a couple, couple jackets floated our way. Um, no, the, 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 the most Clifford esque thing. And, and when my heart just went out to him the most, it wasn't anything I heard, uh, but I could read his lips. Uh, and it went something to the effect of cheese and freaking rice. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and just a, and just say look towards the heavens and uh it was during those fouls or it was during you know something that went did not go right but uh you know he's just a treasure on those sidelines and if this is the last eight nine games we have with that man i just want i don't think it is salute you i don't, don't think it is right. i don't think it is i think we've got some more uh Clifford time because I don't I mean I really would be shocked going back to our conversation in the first segment I would be shocked if any kind of deal materializes and closes like actually finalizes before next season okay so this is the angle I wanted to kind of discuss with you guys and I've seen it floated out there on Twitter you know when teams have changed hands and uh a sale is imminent and a potential number one draft pick is in play Oh boy. It seems to sometimes work out. <laughs> it <laughs> works out. Conspiracies. Uh-huh. So let's just keep an eye on that timing, Doug. Let's keep an eye on that on that draft lottery date. Uh that would be that would be moving pretty fast, though. Oh, the plotkin thickens. There you go. And we will end on that. <laughs> That'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Real quickly, though, before we end it, I did want to share a moment with you, David. Yes. So oh, yes. we told you. We told you. They came in. We've oh got God. them right here. The white cements, baby, in all of its glory. And I, and I have people. not worn them yet. Here, I'll get my other one, too, just to prove that I have the tag on. I've not worn them yet, so there they are. And I wanted to put them on as we exit just for you yes. so we can wear them all as a show because this does not happen without the Raja of Restock, the God of Gotham, <laughs> the everything, the Pharaoh of foot candy, there all of are. it. We appreciate it. And Doug can put on his Adidas from Amazon as well. $40. This is a night, this go. is this is like a, a just a night out with the family kind of expense here. Not I a I've got that. a I, I gotta a, take no, out no, a second I mortgage. No, I don't, don't I don't wanna, get it. No. I don't have a kid. I'm still spending money on the Jays, baby. That's what I'm rolling with. 
with. We appreciate <laughs> you for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods, and that includes YouTube. Make your second listen, Game to Game NBA. You can catch that anywhere you get your pods as well. Sorry, got to get all this stuff on there. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Oh,